You ever have just uh, a moment where you feel like God just downloads information to you? Normally, I labor over the messages that I share for, you know, any particular messages, anywhere from four hours to, I mean, my Sunday morning, sometimes I'll, I'll have 20 plus hours of study and preparation. Um, today's message that I'm bringing tonight, I sat down and I felt like God just literally just began flowing through me and it all came together in a very short amount of time. So uh, I hope it blesses you. I hope it'll push us deeper, especially on our prophetic night to, to seek a, a, a deeper relationship with the Lord. Would you stand to your feet? We honor the reading of God's word. And uh, Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to read verses 5 and 6. You may know this by heart. This is what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Are you familiar with that passage? Are you familiar with it? How many of you can, how many of you can quote it? This was one of the first memory verses that I ever memorized. Let's all, let's, can we quote it together out loud? If you need to follow along on the screen, go back to verse 5. There we go. Uh, let's all quote it together out loud. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Hallelujah. Lord, I ask you to speak to us through this word. Teach us, mighty God, how to lean and to rely and to trust on you in every area of our life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to focus, as I, as I took a moment just to kind of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil the message even from the first couple sentences that I say, as I took a moment today to lean into what the Spirit of God was speaking, I felt like I needed to share on that exact idea. What is it to lean into the Lord? What, it is, what is it to lean on the Lord? And, and, and this was the verse that came to my heart. Uh, many of you know it already. Uh, and so I want to talk about three, three leans. Okay, I, I know that's not a very catchy title, but three leans. Okay, we're going to talk about what it is to lean on the Lord. We're going to talk about, well, I don't want to spoil the last one because it's my favorite one. So let, let me just give you the first one right here. Uh, the first lean is actually lean not. Everybody say lean not. Um, what does it mean to lean not? Now that's the King James verbiage, but, but really what we're talking about is, is not leaning on our own understanding. It's not leaning on our own ability, on our own skill, on our own talent. Uh, you've heard me say so many times, I believe that God will almost always ask us to do things that are bigger than us. How many of you have ever heard somebody say something like, well, God will never ask you to do something that's bigger than yourself, or God will never ask you to do anything that's too hard, or God will never ask you to do anything that's too whatever. I think I think fooey on that. I don't think that's true at all. Why? Because if God will only ask you to do things you're able to do, then go do it. But if God asks us to do things that are bigger than us, like I'm not smart enough to do that. I don't have enough money to do that. I don't have the leadership skills to do that. God, I'm afraid to do that. When God asks us to do things that are beyond our ability, he gets all the glory. We can't claim 
any of it. And so, so when I look, for example, at what God has done in our church, I had a pastor ask me this last week, like, what have you guys done differently in Kona as opposed to when you were in Dallas or when you were over here? And, and I can honestly say, I've not done anything differently. I've, I've not found some new church structure. I've not found a strategy or some advertising uh, ability. You know, we've not, uh, I've not had a, some fame on social media and wow, everybody wants to seek us. We've not had any of that. But one thing that I, I feel like my wife and I and the team that's with us is, is we've learned not to lean on what we know or what we've done you know, I've spent more time fasting in this last year than I probably have in my entire life. In the year that our services have been going, I've actually spent more time fasting than not fasting. It's become this lifestyle where it's just like, God, I'm, I am decreasing so that you can increase. I'm, 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 I'm constantly feeding and where I used to be diving into commentaries and studies, and I do some of that still. Now I spend my time watching revival meetings and, and prayer services and things that really begin to expand my faith. And uh, you know what it's doing? It's causing me to come into this place where it's like, I don't plan what I'm going to get up here and say when we move into these healing times because I'm so leaning on, Holy Spirit, what do you desire to do? What do you want to break or heal or, 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 or raise up? What's the calling that you desire to release in these times? You know, we need to constantly remain. And this is going to be such a simple message tonight, but whether you're moving into ministry or whether you're just learning how to walk with God or, or you just want God's favor on your life, I'm, I'm just going to tell you from the get-go, learn to lean not on what you know, on what you can do, on your own ability. Yes, have confidence in your identity. Yes, have confidence in who God has called you to be. But if that becomes what you rely upon, you're getting all the glory. But when people look at something like King's Kona, I believe that they could say, in COVID, God did this. You purchased this building that wasn't for sale. In the midst of COVID, your pastor is 35 and a former drug addict. Like, you just begin to look and like, what are our qualifiers? Minister Rye Lynn is a bus kid out of a broken marriage. You know, you just, you, you look in the, in the qualifications. I'm just telling you, if you look at the resume of our leaders, it's pretty sad, actually. We're a bunch of nobodies. We're a bunch of broken people who have found the wonderful grace of Almighty God and have said yes to the call of God. And that's what I desire for each and every one of us. Let's remain in that. So we're going to lean not. Everybody say lean not. Now, what we can do is lean on. That's the second one. Everybody say lean on. This means that we're going to rely on the Lord. And I like the idea of leaning on because you know what leaning on, it, it requires partnership. Have you ever had a, I mean, I broke my leg when I was in, when I was in high school. Uh, I had a guy do a, a hip toss wrong. He fell on me in the middle of wrestling practice and I, I broke my leg just right below the knee. I, I heard it break. It sounded like a... 
a wet tree branch. Hallelujah. And uh, I don't know why I tell you that. But uh, I spent the next weeks, the next months, leaning on this crutch. Couldn't walk on my own, and I uh, had to lean. In fact, I remember even when I when I first broke my leg, I had to lean on my coach in order to even get out to the vehicle and get to the hospital. And, uh, and some of you have experienced that. How many of you have ever been hiking or you've maybe been in a sporting event and you twist your ankle, you hurt, and you've had one of those moments where you need to lean on somebody just to get from here to there? We've all experienced that, haven't we? And I feel like that's what our relationship with the Lord is supposed to look like. You know, we get in this, this mode where it's like, I'm just going to do everything for Jesus. I'm going to go even if I don't have a word from the Lord. And, uh, and we just kind of get ahead of God. And we're going. And, you know, sometimes I think it's okay. Do something for Jesus. But have you forgotten to lean on him and rely on him? Even, even in the midst of things that you know you're strong at, do you still consider what the Lord might speak? We've got this opposite end of things where people just want to sit around and like, God, you do it for me. You fight the battle. You, you provide for me. You just do it. And we just want to sit around and do nothing. And, and well, God, you just do everything. I don't think either one of those approaches are. You understand, we have what the Bible calls a great co-mission. Everybody say commission. That is a mission that we co-labor with God in. It's not a mission that we go. Jesus didn't say, you know, here's your mission. Go do it. Good luck. No. He said, I am sending you. And at the end of it, he says, and I am with you even to the ends of the earth. He is co-laboring with us. The problem is sometimes we run ahead of him or we don't consider him or we sit around and we do nothing. No. Jesus is doing stuff. And it's our job to co-labor with him. I've got a, a couple examples of this. We co-mission with the Lord. You see that in Matthew 28 and Mark 16, the Great Commission. Uh, we are co-laborers with the Lord, according to 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9. The Bible says we are yoked together with him. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, that we carry his easy yoke and his light burden. You understand the, the picture of the yoke, right? They had this wooden beam that would go across the, the top of an ox or whatever it may be, and they'd have a rope on the bottom to fasten the two together, and they would pull together. If one of them is not doing their job, then the other one gets weighed down. The other one just stops, and the other one gets stopped completely. What the Lord desires us to do is to co-labor with Him. And this is so, so important. Guys, if I can encourage you in anything, learn to lean on the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, lean on God. It's so important. David is one of my great heroes. In fact, if you just want to begin to search the scripture for this idea, you can almost turn to just about any random psalm in the Bible, and you'll find this idea of relying on, on leaning on, or trusting on the Lord. Psalm 20 in verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. In Psalm 56, he says, When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. I will lean on you. In you, I put my 
trust. In Psalm 55, he says, roll your burden onto the Lord and he will sustain you. He will carry you. Psalm 62 says, you are my rock. You are my strength. You are my refuge. In Psalm 73, 23, oh, I love this one. This blessed me, man. When you take hold of my right hand, you guide me. Whom have I in heaven but you? That's the relationship the Lord wants to have with us. King David, you know, I, I shared this a couple weeks ago, but I, I, I love as I was reading through David and, and all that he did for the Lord, there was, this, there was this constant fellowship and this constant leaning on the Lord that, that David had. David was a skilled warrior. He was a fighter. He was a musician. He was a teacher. But, but everything that he did, there was always this moment where he would stop he would call for a prophet or he would go before the ark and he would say, Lord, should I go to battle? Lord, should I do this? Lord, can I build you a house? Lord, can he was constantly seeking the will of the Lord. And what's amazing, I just I had this moment I was reading about his war exploits. This was a guy who could go into battle, kill tens of thousands. I mean, he did not know failure on the battlefield. And yet every time he would say, Lord, should I go? And there were times that God even said, wait. And the next day he would say, now go. Or he would give him very specific instruction. You got too many people that are ready to fight. No, I'm going to kill people today. Uh, you're going to help me. And he would give him instruction. It was this constant leaning on the Lord. Now, you'll know where David messed up. We all know David's failure, right? David ends up moving into adultery. He ends up moving into murder. Horrible, horrible downfall. And where he missed it, you can read about it in 2 Samuel chapter 11. In fact, in the very first verse, you can see where he missed it. In the spring, at the time when kings go to war, there was something that the Lord desired David to do, and he didn't do it. You're supposed to be on the battlefield, but you're bored in your palace. You're supposed to be watching over your men on the field, but instead you're watching women bathe on the rooftop. You're supposed to be fighting these battles, but instead you're contemplating how you can deal with this pit that you've dug yourself into. David, I just think it's so interesting. He was leaning on the Lord and he did so well on so many occasions, but in this one moment, he didn't consult the Lord. Would you have me go? Would you have me stay? And he blew it. You can look in Elijah. Elijah's another great example. If you study the life of Elijah, it's a, you'll see the most incredible miracles that God did through his life. And you'll see a pattern with his life as well. The word of the Lord came to me. And, and then he did a number of things. The word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came. You actually see it about 16 different occasions. The word of the Lord came to me. And I did and he goes through this whole cycle until he has this confrontation with the prophets of Baal. Now, he had the word of the Lord on that. He had the word of the Lord. This is time to deal with this. And you guys know the wonderful account, Mount Carmel, calling down fire, executing the false prophets. I mean, it's one of the most dramatic stories in all of the Bible. Then he prophesies an end to the drought. 
he hits the ground, outruns horses, and he faces down Jezebel. The problem is he didn't have the word of the Lord. He didn't have the word of the Lord. Look at the pattern in his life. And on every occasion, the word of the Lord came and then he did. But on this one occasion, I don't know if he was just on this high after having this great victory over the prophets. I don't know if he made an assumption, but he, he ends up missing it. And he goes, and the Bible even, even accounts how now this woman with a painted face Praise God, that's how the Bible describes Jezebel. This woman with a painted face threatens Elijah, and he ends up fleeing and hiding in the wilderness. The next scene, you see he is depressed, literally praying for death, hiding in a cave. Where did he go wrong? He wasn't leaning on the Lord. Guys, I just want to challenge us. As God does more and more in our midst, as he does more and more through your life, always remain in this posture of leaning on God. God, David, I know how to fight. But he didn't consult the Lord about the battle. Where is my position in this? Guys, there's things that we all know how to do. I know how to make money. I I know how to lead a life group. I know how to build a house. I know how to, you know, you just fill in what your skill set is. But do you take these moments, Lord, what today? God, what's your assignment for today? Are we remaining in this place where we're leaning on the Lord like, like a crutch, like a friend? I can't walk on my own. And I need to lean on you. Is that how you are with the Lord? Let's remain in that place. Now the last lean. So we've got, what was the first one? Lean not. And what was the second one? Lean on. Now the third one I want to talk about is lean in. This is really where this message came from was this idea of leaning into the Lord. I look around this room. Look at, look at how my brother Gavin is sitting right now. He's, he's leaning in. Why? Well, maybe he's uncomfortable, but I, the fact that he's, he's taking notes, you know what's happening? He's, he's listening. He's inclining his ear and his attention. Now, there's others who are snoozing in the place, and that's that's whatever. That's between you and God. I'm glad you're here. We'll give you a nice, cool nap. Hallelujah. Um, but there's this idea. Remember Tim's story. He was the one who really kind of put this idea into my heart in the first place. Tim's story is a, is a great evangelist. And today he leads a, a church just outside of Hollywood. He's got you know, he's got Smokey Robinson and he's got Robert Downey Jr. and these kinds of guys who attend his church and he prays with and does Bible study with and just, you know, wonderful to see. And what's interesting is he'll talk about some of these guys who are wildly famous. And if you saw them, you'd know them. We all know their movies. We know their music. But he'll talk about these moments where he begins to open the Bible and teach a parable. And how guys like Robert Downey Jr. will lean in just to hear just to listen to what what does the bible say 
I mean, he's got these wonderful testimonies of how Robert Downey Jr. will actually ask him, can you pray one of those special prayers where the Spirit of God comes in? You know, he doesn't know what to, what to call it, but one of these personal prayers, you know, where I, where I feel something again, and, well, sure, yeah, let's pray. And uh, leading in this, this hunger, it's like this, this childlike faith that, that's still like, What's God going to do next? Or how's God going to speak to us tonight? What's the Lord going to... Do you still have that kind of hunger on the inside of you? Do you still lean into, Lord, what are you speaking and, and what are you doing? What do you have for me tonight? I want to remain in that place. Bible quiz. Do you know what the most repeated phrase from Jesus was in the Bible? Does anybody know? His most commonly repeated phrase in the Bible. Anybody know? Not, fear not. That's one of the most frequently repeated throughout the Bible. So that's a good guess. That's probably the best guess. I think I heard somebody say it. He who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear. Why? Jesus was constantly surrounded by people. He had disciples. And he had, he had people who were coming out of horrible sin, who were always leaning in. What is the teacher saying now? What is my master? What is my savior? What is the Messiah saying now? But there were people who were sitting in the exact same meetings, the exact same servants, who were walking away from those times saying, this guy's a false prophet. This guy's being led around by demons. This guy needs to be taken out. Jesus cautioned in two different places in Scripture, be mindful of what you hear. What you hear. Now, that's pretty obvious. Don't listen to trash. Don't listen to garbage. Don't listen to gossip. Don't listen to faithlessness. Don't listen to perversion. You know, this stuff that you put in you is going to take root. It's your ear gate, right? So, be careful what you listen to. But Jesus, in those same phrases, he said, be careful what you listen to and be careful how you listen. Be careful how you listen. Because even in a message like this, we could probably ask people right after this service and say, what did Pastor Jacob talk about tonight? And we're going to have wildly different responses based on how we're listening. Some people may be hearing this tonight and, man, God really spoke to me. God really encouraged me. We may walk out of this meeting and some people walk out, the anointing has left Pastor Jacob. I don't know what's wrong with him tonight. I'm serious, man. That kind of stuff happens. And so, how are we listening? Are we leaning into what the Lord is speaking, what he's doing. I just want to provoke us to this place of leaning in to the Lord, leaning on the Lord. And that's how you're going to grow in your prophetic gift, by the way. Leaning into, Holy Spirit, what do you say about this situation? What are you speaking about my prodigal? What are you speaking about my marriage? In a moment, we're going to move into prophetic ministry, and you're going to have the opportunity to lean into what the Lord is saying about people right here tonight. We're going to exercise this. 
But if we ever come to this place where it's like, I've got the anointing, I know how to prophesy, and I'm just going to go with the flow, uh, the gift is going to go stale. We need to continue to lean in. Last story, and then we're going to minister this. One of the first meetings I ever had sitting down with Steve Hill, he uh, was sitting across from him, and he did something that was pretty awkward. He's like, Jacob, come close. I'm like, okay. And so I, like, I leaned forward in my chair, and he's like, closer. I go closer, closer. I literally had to get out of my chair, and I like went you know, forward towards him. Come closer. Literally three, four times until I was right next to his face. And then he said these words. I'll never forget it. He says, Jacob, God has secrets. But God doesn't shout his secrets. He whispers them. You got to get close. I learned in that moment what it is to lean in. I mean, today, you guys, I, my wife and I, we've been going hard these last weeks. And I was tired. I haven't taken a day off since this Sunday, and I feel like I'm still just going 200 miles an hour. And I just sat in my office this afternoon, and I'm like, God, what am I going to share tonight? But I was reminded that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. When we lean on the Lord, I roll my burdens onto him. He sustains us. And in my weakness, his strength is perfected. And, and I just leaned into, Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now? And in one moment, the Lord just began to, to just pour into my heart the things that I've been encouraging you with tonight. I don't ever want to lose that. I don't care how long I'm in ministry. I never want to lose this desire to lean in, to lean on, and lean not. Are you with me tonight? Hallelujah. Well, we're going to pray. and We're going to ask the Lord to, to help us. Some of us, we lean on our own understanding, our own gifting, and we're going to shake that off and and tonight, we're going to get to exercise what it is to lean into the Lord. We're going to have some prophetic activation, and we're going to, we're going to pray and do some of that. I'm not even going to make you stand up. I want you to stay seated right where you're at. And would you just close your eyes and maybe put your hand over your heart? And Lord, I, I'm just asking all across this room that you would, that you would help us. Lord, to... Lean not on our own understanding, but in every way that we would acknowledge you. And as we do, Lord, I believe you will direct our path according to your word. God, I'm asking for those who are within the sound of my voice, and I'm including myself in this prayer, that you'll help us. God, some of us have great strengths, we have great brilliance, we have great experience and knowledge, and, and that's wonderful. It's a gift that you've given us. 
But sometimes it can be easy to rely on what we know, on what we have, and what we can do. And God, I just ask that you will always help us to be in a place where, we're, where we lean into you and we lean on to you, that we trust you and we rely wholly upon you. God, would you break us? Would you break us of our own ability? Would you break us, mighty God, of our own pride? Would you break us of our own will at times? Would you break us, mighty God, of our, of our self-sufficiency and our arrogance, mighty God? We need you and we need other people around us. And God, I'm asking that you would help us to lean, to lean on you in every way, that we would acknowledge you and trust you. And God, help us to lean in, even tonight. I just ask you, I ask you, I, uh, come on, I, I want you to put your hands on your ears right now. And I want you to ask the Lord, he who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit of God is speaking. God, I'm asking that you would anoint our ears. Give us ears to hear what you are speaking. Your word says that your sheep know your voice. Lord, we can know you. We can hear your voice. We can have intimacy with you. And I'm asking, mighty God, that you would open our ears. Lord, if we've had things that have pumped into our ears that have defiled us, things that have, that have put faithless in us, things that have, that have taken us off track or, 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 or blocked up our ears. I ask you to cleanse us by your precious blood even right now. Lord, remove every hindrance, remove every blockage that would exist in our lives. And God, I'm asking that you would open our ears to hear what your spirit is speaking tonight in Jesus' name. Allow us even in this setting to hear your voice and to hear your whispers, mighty God. Oh, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well,